for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. May the Lord bless you as you spend time in His Word today. In yesterday's passage in Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 13, we took a look at Paul's holy burden for his people, the nation of Israel, and whether their rejection of the gospel meant that God's word has failed. Paul said very emphatically, no. But he also explains this by discussing and going into God's sovereignty. In today's passage, we'll take a further look into God's sovereignty through some very specific examples. How many of you have ever played with clay or play-doh or slime before? Maybe when some of you were younger, you made and molded the clay or the slime or play-doh and made certain things. Paul uses this example to say, what would you do if the thing that you created talked back to you and said, I don't want to be this thing that you made me to be. It's sort of a little ridiculous, but he uses this to show that this applies to us as well. So let's take a look at today's passage now. Romans chapter 9 verses 14 through 24. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. One of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? What if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath prepared for destruction? What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy whom he prepared in advance for glory, even us whom he also called not only from the Jews but also from the Gentiles? Welcome back to Living Life. In today's passage, Paul addresses two questions. The first question he addresses is, is God unjust? So Paul addresses this question because some people may believe or feel that God is unjust because of his election and his sovereign choice to save some and not save others. This is actually one of the most hot, 
hotly debated topics between Christians and non-Christians, or even in churches and seminaries, even among pastors. How can God elect one person and reject another before they're even born? So in verse 14, Paul says his question, Is God unjust? He answers it very emphatically, not at all. He, how can we even entertain the thought that God is unjust, right? We know that God is just. All His ways are just and perfect. He is the very standard of righteousness and justice. Our God is a God of justice. He takes this a step further by giving us example in verses 15 through 16 from Exodus 33. In this passage, Moses had just come down from Mount Sinai and received the law. And while he was up there, the people made a golden calf. As a, as a result of their idolatry, God gives them punishment. Now, he could have given punishment to all the people of Israel. All of them were guilty of their sin. But he only punishes about 3,000 of them. Now, God choosing to spare the rest and continue to guide them and lead them to the promised land is showing his grace and his sovereign choice. By his grace, he chose to save some of the people, and he chose to save them, while others he did not save. Everyone, all of us, have sinned, and we are all deserving of wrath and punishment. So no, none of us can say that it's unfair or unjust that we receive punishment whilst others do not. In fact, we are all deserving of punishment, but God, in his grace and mercy, chooses to save some of us. Out of his compassion and mercy, he's, even though no one deserves to be saved, God chooses some to be saved. He gives another example, the Apostle Paul, in verses 17 through 18 from Exodus 9, where he talks about Pharaoh. Now Moses and Pharaoh, as we know, Pharaoh was a sinner, but even though he was a sinner, God raised him up for a specific purpose so that his glory might be displayed and his name proclaimed throughout the whole world. Right? If we look at both Moses and Pharaoh, they were both sinners. They both were murderers. And they both witnessed God's power through his miracles. And yet, Moses was redeemed and Pharaoh was not. It's not because Moses did anything to deserve that. God, just out of his sovereign choice, chose to save Moses, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. God has a right to have mercy on whomever he wants to have mercy and to save and have compassion on whoever he wants to have compassion. Now, the second question that Paul addresses now is, how can human beings be blamed then? Right? How can we as human beings be held responsible if God chooses to have compassion on some and harden the hearts of others? This is where Paul brings in the illustration of the potter and his clay. When a potter uses a lump of clay, he can choose to make some for special purposes and some for ordinary purposes. In the same way, God chooses to have mercy on some and to harden the hearts of some. But who are we as his creations to talk back, to challenge our very creator that is very arrogant and in that way, we, we try to bring God back to our level. So as, but thankfully, God is very patient with us. He shows us so much patience because 
He has prepared some of us in advance for glory, which means that He has called some of us out of the darkness and into His light to experience the blessings of His promise and salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. Today's passaging can be a challenging passage for many, and some of us may not fully understand. But that's okay, because to fully understand God would mean that we would be equal to God. So that is where faith comes in. Do we have faith that God is good, that God is just, that God is righteous? Do we believe that God is sovereign and has everything under His control? Then we must trust and have faith that God is working out everything according to His purpose and His perfect way and His perfect timing. We know that God is just. We know He is righteous. We know He is perfect in all of His ways, that His ways are higher than our ways so that our finite minds cannot grasp all of His ways and understand everything. We cannot understand His plans and His divine purpose. But we do know that our God is also a compassionate God and a merciful God. If God only exercised His justice, then no one would be saved because we all deserve punishment and wrath for our sins. But God, in His great mercy and compassion, He chooses to elect some for salvation, and that is His right as Creator and ruler of the universe. Maybe there are some areas in your life now that you find difficult to give to God, to surrender to God. Maybe there are some things that make you question His goodness, His grace, and His mercy. I want to invite you today to come before the feet of our Creator and lay all those things at His feet and just fall in worship and complete submission and surrender to and acknowledge His sovereignty. Let us pray. Lord, we come before you now. We confess, Father, that some things we don't understand, some things are very difficult for us to comprehend, Father. But we know, Lord, and we trust that you are good, that you are a God of justice and compassion and mercy. We know that all your ways are perfect and that you work out everything according to your divine purpose and that nothing can thwart your plans, Father. So I pray for all of us here that as we acknowledge your sovereignty in our lives, we can completely surrender and submit to you, knowing that you are working out everything for our good. We thank you that out of your compassion and mercy, you save and elect those, and that there is nothing that we can do, Father God, to earn that salvation, but it is merely out of your compassion and mercy for us. May we continue to seek after you in our lives, Father, We love you and we thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.